Section 11 of The Wallet of Kai Lung by Ernest Brahma. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 1, The Transmutation of Ling, Part 11. For many hours Ling remained in his room, examining in his mind all passages, either in his own life or in the lives of others, which might by any chance have influence on the event before him. In this thorough way, he became assured that the competition and its results, his journey to see Chow with the encounter in the Cypress Wood, the flight of the incapable and treacherous Mandarin, and the Battle of Key were all, down to the matter of the smallest detail, parts of a symmetrical and complete scheme, tending to his present condition. Cheered and upheld by this proof of the fact that very able deities were at work on his behalf, he turned its intellect from the entrancing subject to a contemplation of the manner in which his condition would enable him to frustrate the uninventive villainies of the obstinate person Li Keen, and to provide a suitable house and mode of living to which he would be justified in introducing Mian, after adequate marriage ceremonies had been observed between them. In this endeavor he was less successful than he had imagined would be the case, for when he had first fully understood that his body was of such a substance that nothing was wanting to transmute it into fine gold but the absence of the living spirit, he had naturally, and without deeply examining the detail, assumed that so much gold might be considered to be in his possession. Now, however, a very definite thought arose within him that his own wishes and interests would have been better secured had the benevolent spirits who undertook the matter placed the secret within his knowledge in such a way as to enable him to administer the fluid to some very heavy and inexpensive animal, so that the issue which seemed inevitable before the enjoyment of the riches could be entered upon should not have touched his own comfort so closely. To a person of Ling's refined imagination, it could not fail to be a subject of internal reproach that while he would become the most precious dead body in the world, his value in life might not be very honorably placed even by the most complimentary one who should require his services. Then came the thought which, however degraded, he found himself unable to put quite beyond him, that if in the meantime he were able to gain a sufficiency for Mian and himself, even her pure and delicate love might not be able to bear so offensive a test as that of seeing him grow old and remain intolerably healthy, perhaps with advancing years actually becoming lighter day by day, and thereby lessening in value before her eyes. When the natural infirmities of age and the presence of an ever-increasing posterity would make even a moderate amount of tales of inestimable value. No doubt remained in Ling's mind that the process of frequently making smooth his surfaces would yield an amount of gold enough to suffice for his own needs, but a brief consideration of the matter convinced him that this source would be inadequate to maintain an entire household, even if he continually denuded himself to an almost ignominious extent. As he fully weighed these varying chances, the certainty became more clear to him with every thought that for the virtuous enjoyment of Mian's society, one great sacrifice was required of him. This act, it seemed to be intimated, would without delay provide for an affluent and lengthy future, and at the same time would influence all the spirits, even those who had been hitherto evilly disposed towards him, in such a manner that his enemies would be removed from his path by a process which would expose them to public ridicule, and he would be assured in founding an illustrious and enduring line. To accomplish this successfully, 
necessitated the loss of at least the greater part of one entire member, and for some time the disadvantages of going through an existence with only a single leg or arm seemed more than a sufficient price to pay even for the definite advantages which would be made over to him in return. This unworthy thought, however, could not long withstand the memory of Mian's steadfast and high-minded affection, and the certainty of her enlightened gladness at his return, even in the imperfect condition which he anticipated. Nor was there absent from his mind a dimly understood hope that the matter did not finally rest with him, but that everything which he might be inspired to do was in reality only a portion of the complete and arranged system into which he had been drawn, and in which his part had been assigned to him from the beginning without power for him to deviate, no matter how much to the contrary the thing should appear. As no advantage would be gained by making any delay, Ling at once sought the most favorable means of putting his resolution into practice, and after many skillful and sidious inquiries, he learnt of an accomplished person who made a consistent habit of cutting off limbs which had become troublesome to their possessors, either through accident or disease. Furthermore, he was said to be of a sincere and charitable disposition, and many persons declared that on no occasion had he been known to make use of the helpless condition of those who visited him in order to extort money from them. Coming to the ill-considered conclusion that he would be able to conceal within his own breast the true reason for the operation, Ling placed himself before the person in question, and exhibited the matter to him so that it would appear as though his desires were promoted by the presence of a small but persistent sprite which had taken its abode within his left eye, and there resisted every effort of the most experienced wise persons to induce it to come forth again. Satisfied with this explanation of the necessity of the deed, the one who undertook the matter proceeded with Ling's assistance to sharpen his cutting instruments and to heat the hardening irons but no sooner had he made a shallow mark to indicate the lines which his knife should take than his subtle observation at once showed him that the facts had been represented to him in a wrong sense and that his visitor indeed was composed of no common substance being of a gentle and forbearing disposition he did not manifest any indication of rage at the discovery but amiably and unassumingly pointed out that such a course was not respectful towards himself and that moreover Ling might incur certain well-defined and highly undesirable maladies as a punishment for the deception. Overcome with remorse at deceiving so courteous and noble-minded a person, Ling fully explained the circumstances to him, not even concealing from him certain facts which related to the actions of remote ancestors, but which nevertheless appeared to have influenced the succession of events. When he had made an end of the narrative, the other said, Behold now, it is truly remarked that every Mandarin has three hands, and every soldier a like number of feet, yet it is a saying which is rather to be regarded as manifesting the deep wisdom and discrimination of the speaker than as an actual fact which can be taken advantage of when one is so minded, least of all by so valiant a commander as the one before me, who has clearly proved that in time of battle he has exactly reversed the position. The loss would undoubtedly be of considerable inconvenience occasionally, admitted Ling, yet nonetheless the sage remark of Hai Mishan, when actually in the embrace of a voracious and powerful wild animal, the desirability of leaving a limb is not a matter to be subjected to lengthy consideration, is undoubtedly a valuable guide for general conduct. This person has endured many misfortunes and suffered many injustices, 
he has known the wolf gnawings of great hopes which have withered and daily grown less when the difficulties of maintaining an honorable and illustrious career have enfolded themselves within his sight before him still lie the attractions of a moderate competency to be shared with the one whose absence would make even the upper region unendurable and after having this entrancing future once shattered by the tiger-like cupidity of a depraved and incapable mandarin he is determined to welcome even the sacrifice which you condemn rather than let the opportunity vanish through indecision it is not an unworthy or abandoned decision said the one whose aid ling had invoked nor a matter in which this person would refrain from taking part were there no other and more agreeable means by which the same result might be obtained a circumstance has occurred within this superficial person's mind however a brother of the one who is addressing you is by profession one of those who purchase large undertakings for which they have not the money to pay and who thereupon by various expedients gain the ear of the thrifty enticing them by fair offers of return to entrust their savings for the purpose of paying off the debt these persons are ever on the watch for transactions by which they inevitably prosper without incurring any obligation and doubtless my brother will be able to gather a just share of the value of your highly remunerative body without submitting you to the insufferable annoyance of losing a great part of it prematurely without clearly understanding how so inviting an arrangement could be effected the manner of speaking was exceedingly alluring to ling's mind perplexed as he had become through weighing and considering the various attitudes of the entire matter to receive a certain and sufficient sum of money without his person being in any way mutilated would be a satisfactory but as far as he had been able to observe an unapproachable solution to the difficulty in the mind of the amiable person with whom he was conversing however the accomplishment did not appear to be surrounded by unnatural obstacles so that ling was content to leave the entire design in his hands after stating that he would again present himself on a certain occasion when it was asserted that the brother in question would be present so internally lightened did ling feel after this inspiring conversation and so confident of a speedy success had the obliging person's word made him become that for the first time since his return to canton he was able to take an intellectual interest in the pleasures of the city becoming aware that the celebrated play entitled the precious lamp of spotted butterfly temple was in process of being shown at the tea garden of rainbow light and voices he purchased an entrance and after passing several hours in this conscientious enjoyment returned to his chamber and passed a night untroubled by any manifestations of an unpleasant nature end of section eleven